Welcome back to the Road Trip Show. It's me and Diedrich again, and uh, today we are going to hit the N10, which we've uh, somehow missed out on. <laughs> and uh, you said it's from Uppington till where? Uppington to Port Elizabeth. Okay. Yeah, no, but this I'm, might I'm, be from, two from, or three. From now seconds. on, I'm going I'm to call it the Forgotten Highway. <laughs> we, did, we did highways N1 to 9, all, all 100%, and then suddenly we went on to the N11 for whatever reason. Yeah. And we just sort of forgot about the N10. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool. And this might be a, a three-part podcast, I think. Might go on to it could well sections. be. It could very, very well be. Okay, well, let's kick it off. Yeah, so our forgotten highway, what can I say? <laughs> Kicks off. Yeah. And it rhymes. <laughs> so it, it, it kicks off. The end the, the, the 10 is, a, is, a, is actually a very, very long highway. It started, it joins Uppington to PE or Taberga. I still cannot get that, that pronunciation. So it's a heck of a long highway. Now, I've always loved Uppington. Um, I love coming out of Johannesburg or, or from, from the West Coast and getting into Uppington, because from both sides, you're traveling through really, really dry, dead countryside. You're in desert. You're in the far northern Cape. And as you come into Uppington, you start seeing the greenery, and you start seeing the results of the, having the Orange River or the Kharip River. Yeah. Right there. And Uppington, honestly, is like this little oasis in the middle of sand and desert and rocks and just dry, dry, dry country. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the desert areas. I really do. I, I can I can spend weeks in the Karoo and in the Kalahari. Again, it's a special silence and it's a special atmosphere with that silence and just a bit of wind that blows in those kind of areas. You know, and at nighttime, the stars are just absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. Somehow, water and rivers do tend to add a lot. And Uppington, I've got, Uppington's a, a real, it's a, it's a real little oasis. And I mean, coming, coming into Uppington, um, if you're coming in on the N14, the N14 is the highway that, that comes in from, uh, from, from Gauteng. You, you, you come into town and you, you go past a couple of little, little hotels and lodges that are on the riverbanks. You start, strangely enough, seeing a lot of vineyards. A lot of grapes are grown out of Uppington. There's a little, there's a little bit of a wine industry starting out of Uppington as well. And, um, the wines are actually not too bad. Very sweet, you know, because of the heat and the yeah. sun and that, that, all that, that produces the sugar. So you get kind of sweet wines and a lot of the fortified wines coming out of Uppington, but it's also big concrete. You see big concrete slabs all over the place with that. And they use that to dry the fruit. You know, so that's where a lot of our dried fruit comes from out of this area as well, right from Uppington. Down. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, that, yeah, so that, that stuff comes out of, you know, between Uppington and Camus. But the first spot that you actually see as you're coming into Uppington town proper, you've gone, you've gone through a couple of the, the little suburby kind of things and you pass one or two little wineries. But you got a guy, you, you got a statue of a guy on a camel. Huh? Okay, that's the new one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd eat you with that one. And like I said in the last podcast, it's the whole reason we have the road trip app is when you see this kind of stat, you go, what, what am I looking at? 
And <laughs> it's the South African Mounted Police Camel Memorial. And it's uh dates back Camel to Mountain Police. Yes, the South African Mounted Police Camel Memorial. Okay. Because they the police used camels to patrol the area. The police yeah. had a camel camel platoon. Okay, that is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, a, it's actually a very, very nice statue, but it's kind of a bit of an unusual one. And yeah, the the, the SAP had a, a camel platoon to patrol that Kalahari area. It makes complete sense. People ride camels all over the world, and they would uh, perfect for the <laughs> desert areas. And uh, so there's a little memorial right outside the main Uppington police station as you're coming in on the N14. For the South African Camel Patrol. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you still sound, you still sound kind of disbelieving. <laughs> Gobsmacked, <yeah. laughs> We have, of yeah. course, got a 1938 Great Trek yeah. Centenary Monument as you're coming into town. Um, and you also have a very, very nice Dutch Reformed Church right in that area. And then as you go past the Dutch Reformed Church, you're kind of in Uppington Central. Now I say Uppington Central, I mean Uppington Central is not exactly a massive a massive um town. I mean you've probably got like twenty twenty city blocks. But in the middle of town you've got another um police memorial actually in town for um the, the local, the local police officers that, uh, have died in the line of duty there as well. And then you've got an interesting one, a little memorial to a guy by the name of Abraham Holborz September. Oh, okay. That's a double barrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and. He's he's actually credited with building the first irrigation infrastructure in the area. Now, one of the little interesting things I love doing between Uppington and the next town down, and maybe it's a discussion when we do the N14, is that obviously the Kharib River, the Orange River, drains 25% of South Africa. Okay. Okay, so you're talking huge 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 water and obviously waters for irrigation but the when you go on some of the back roads around Uppington and you take some of the smaller roads out and you're going down like parallel to the N14 you start exploring this area you've actually got working water wheels they've actually got working water wheels to to lift water to a height and then it goes down the pipes and goes into the fields and into the plantations and things that's awesome so Uppington has got a long history of this irrigation and stuff to get the water out of the or out of the river. No, no, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not. It's not. Um, rocket science exploit that one out. And yeah. he was, he's old old Abraham. Abraham was the son of a slave, and he lived on a stretch of land in the area. And this land had been given to him by the local board of commissioners, and he realised that. Uh, having this massive river that he could actually do do farming. So he actually built a canal on his farm. And then 
by the time a guy by the name of Schroeder, Schroeder arrives, a guy by the name of C.W. Schroeder arrives in the area, and Holbors, Abraham, so, shows this Mr. Schroeder um, what he's done, and Schroeder sort of got the name now for doing it because he's obviously the white guy and Holbors, Abraham, Abraham Holbors September was the son of a slave. But Schroeder, although Schroeder got the name for being the first guy, he actually wasn't and he actually took the idea from this um, ex-slave. Okay. So that that's that's kind of kind of a bit of a cool story. Yeah. Then if you keep on going down through town, we've got the donkey monument. Mm. So we've got a camel and a donkey <laughs> in Uppington. It's actually very cool. It's actually a very cool little monument. Because donkey, donkeys are sort of the long, long abused animals that everybody sort of forgets about. Yeah, these for years have been, you know, they, 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 they these, they, 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 the they do this, and they, you know, and they, they always got this like real sad look about them. And yeah. the monument's called the Arbeit Samhait Monument, which is we we work together or together in labor monument. Yeah, and this particular monument is a donkey that's actually walking in a circle, driving a pump, again water pump to bring the water up. Or to to drive a mill or something something like that, and it's right at a little yeah. little monument or a little museum called the Kalahari Oranya Museum. That little museum, I look, I haven't been down that part of the world for a while. I don't know if it's still open, but it had a very very good display of the local sand culture, um, and it was a really worthwhile little museum to go and visit. Then the main road does a does a little little swing off and actually. The N14 actually turns into the M10. But I think there's one or two other little spots that we do need to have a quick look at while we're here in, in Uppington. There's also a very interesting character called Scotty Smith. Now, Scotty Smith was kind of known as the South African Robin Hood. And. His real name was George St. Ledger Lennox, and he got he was known as Scotty Smith. He was actually of Scottish nobility, Scotty nobleman, and um, he was basically a cattle thief and horse thief. He was a dealer in, dealer in illegal diamonds, hunter, smuggler, but he did, however, give a lot of his money to the poor. So uh-huh. that's how that's how he sort of got this reputation as this like modern, yeah. modern Robin Hood. And interestingly enough, he's actually a fully qualified and trained veterinarian. Oh wow! Uh, why he suddenly decided to become a horse thief and cattle thief and diamond smuggler? Um, I don't know. But I mean, the stories of this guy are legendary, and it's worth it's worth actually googling this guy or trying to find out more about him. I mean, he he joined he joined a, an outfit called the Frontier and Armed Mounted Police. He, fir- he served during one of the wars, the Geica War. He was arrested for stealing diamonds. Um, 
And that, I mean, to give a testament to this guy's character, while he's in prison in Bloemfontein, he manages to convince the warders that he's someone special, and he gets special permission to visit a bar every day. Oh, wow. <laughs> so his imprisonment didn't mean a hell of a lot. And I mean, yeah. and, 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 this, and, and the stories, I mean, one, one, of, one of the stories is that he, he once masqueraded as um, the, the, the president of the Orange Free State. Oh, wow. And, okay. So and this and, guy was... and cracked, cracked a ride in the, in the president's coach. Wow. Okay. Um, it's like one movie um, that that guy also uh, pl- plays this. Then he's a pilot. Then he's this. Then he's that. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's Leonardo DiCaprio that plays that role. Oh, I mean, this guy, I mean, the stories are legendary. I mean, some of the darker stories are that he also provided Bushman skeletons to museums. You know, that, that's kind of the, 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 the sort of the, 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 the dark side of him. But he spoke English, yeah. he spoke Cottage, Gaelic, he spoke Afrikaans. He also was fluent in Bushman or in San. Now that's an incredibly difficult language. Because yeah. that's the that that's that that's a real clicking language, you know, it's all the click sounds. Yeah. And the and the the, the sounds that have got into Plaza and into Zulu, those click sounds originally came from San. Yeah. And one of the, one of the legendary stories is that um during unexpected police raid in his house, he said he was preaching to his servants in in one of the in one of the sand languages, and of course none of the policemen understood what he was what he was talking about. But what yeah. he was doing was actually telling his servants where to go hide all the stuff. Why? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so so yeah, so Scotty 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 Smith is. Uh, an interesting character. His, his grave is relatively easy to find in the in the cemetery, and it's it's again it's it's, it's worth yeah it's, it's worth to find this guy. And I mean, I I Emil the the guy the historian actually sent yeah. permission to go find this guy's grave because we knew he was buried in Uppington. We just didn't know where. So yeah, I, I went traipsing all over the local cemetery to go find it, and it took me about it took me about two hours. Of tracing up and down all the cemetery rows, and then eventually I found his grave. Oh, but you must put uh, a little bit of a piece in the description about uh, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of info on Mr. Scotty Smith on the app. Yeah, and then there's another interesting monument um, in in one of the one of the townships. So, you know, all the, all all South African towns have got a township associated with them, and and. Yeah, it was it was actually quite funny because I was with my daughter. My daughter actually helped me find Scotty Smith's grave. She, my daughter's the road trip one. You know, when you say, "Hey, I'm going on a road trip," my daughter throws a bag in and says, "Dad, I'm with you." Yeah, my other, yeah. Daughter, my wife require three weeks of planning before they go anywhere with me. <laughs> and the youngest one just throws a bag and says, "Right, which direction are we going?" And we wind up going down to Uppington on this particular trip. Yeah, and it was actually so funny because. Uppington also, you know, from the river, you got a little, the, the, the land rises up a little bit and then you go over the little, little rise and hill. And we were, we were hunting, hunting. And again, I think we just, we just found Scotty and we were hunting another memorial. Yeah. And we came over this rise and my daughter says, Dad, look, there's a horse. There's a horse. And I look and I go, that's not a horse. Eh? That's not a horse. No, Dad is a horse. It turns out to be a camel. <laughs> we still got camels in Uppington. There's a camel at the back there. 
And that's sort of become one of our standing jokes that she doesn't know what a horse is. But anyway. But there's another one if you go into the township called um the Uppington twenty six. Okay. It's in a township called Pabalelo. And it's a bit of a bit of a tragic story because it said the, the, the memorial's in honor. I don't know if that should be the right word. Of 26 protesters who were imprisoned after a public protest turned violent in 1985. And there were about 500 people protesting at a stadium in this little township of, of uh, Abalelo. And the African police dispersed it using tear gas and rubber bullets. That that thing ends. Three hundred of those lot then go, and go and protest at the house of a local municipal policeman. And the, the policeman was really disliked. He 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 was particularly harsh on local traders and local street hawkers and things. And they hauled this guy out of his house and they killed him. Mm. And it was one of the infamous necklacing issues or incidents that we had in South Africa at that oh. you know, where they pour petrol over him and they burnt him. And the police obviously go in and they arrest these guys. They arrest 14. Later, they get more info and they wind up arresting 26 of these protesters. That's where the name comes from, the Uppington 26 Memorial. Yeah. And these 26 people wind up getting the death sentence. That then later gets overruled. The Black Sash gets involved. I mean, if you remember the Black Sash, that that, 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 that big human rights organization that we had in the sort of dark days of apartheid, they get they they get involved. Clemency is given, death row, da da. People get released from death row, and um, there's a little memorial to these guys, and um, there's a little, there's mosaics of these characters then on this memorial and stuff as well. So that's kind of a one of the sort of memorials. To, I think that's a slightly darker side. Yeah, and uh, kind of the not 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 cool section. Then we can <laughs> not cool section. Yeah, the not the not cool section of history. But you know, so Abington is 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 the first sort of big town on the N10. The Abington, the, the N10 does actually start at the border with Namibia, but I mean that is just low flat, nothing red sand dunes and uh, just lovely countryside. You know, so I say that I say the M10 goes from from Uppington down to PE. It actually goes from the Namibian border all the way down to PE. Okay. One once you once you sort of come come out of out of Uppington, the first spot you cross the river and you get to um what the very very famous little landmark called the Date Palm Avenue that goes down to one of one of one of the um, holiday resorts. And it's about, there's 200 palm trees, and apparently it's the longest palm avenue anywhere in the world. But I saw, I think two nights ago, and I don't, I haven't been able to confirm that a lot of them caught fire or were burnt in a protest or something. 
So it's a, it is a oh, spectacular man. road. I mean, you've got literally 200 plants. It's a kilometer worth of Palm Avenue going down to this, this holiday resort. But was that now recently that, that it burned like, like, like two, three days ago, I saw that on the news. Uh, I think I saw that too. Yeah. I think it was this one. So mm. it was actually a national monument. It was actually declared a national monument in 1982. So it'd be very, very tragic if that, yeah. if that's actually happened. But I mean, the N10, then actually follows the southern bank of the Kharib River. So, I mean, it's an absolutely spectacular drive. It is through agriculture and farms and irrigation systems and just fantastic, absolutely fantastic um, agricultural stuff until you get to a little town, and then the Entem heads into the desert. And we're talking salt pan, flat white sand, interspersed with a bit of red sand juni kind of desert, serious desert. And way, way off to um, to the west, and it kind of, it kind of sort of fits in with with what we're talking about here. Is it's a place called Fernyukpan. And Fernyukpan is the spot where the land speed record attempt was done by um, Sir Malcolm Campbell in 1929. Oh, yes. Okay. That's just that. That's the kind of flat salt pan area that we're going through. So if you can imagine kilometers, kilometers of flat salt pan kind of countryside, that's what we're talking about here on the M10 as you're now heading down through this area. So it's, it's a lovely countryside. I mean, it, I just find it absolutely fascinating to drive through that. It's not to, it's not to um, everyone's taste. Yeah, but I I love that 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 desert driving, and then you actually come to a surprising little town, a little town called Priska. Oh yes, and Priska is also still on the Orange River or the Kharib. So you sort of bend away from the river, and then coming into Priska, you come back into into very serious agricultural land. And I mean, we've, 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 we've bumped into Prisco once or twice already on these, on these podcasts. And I think I remember I, I, we came up the West Coast and I came up through Van Vake's Flay. And, uh, you know, I think we found the Tal Monument in Van Vake's Flay as well. And that was, a, was kind of the surprising. Yes, we did. We found it. We found a Afrikaans language monument in Van Vake's Flay. Van Vake's Flay being one of the most depressing little towns I think I've actually been through ever in South Africa. But anyway, so you get into Priska, and again, it's this mass of agriculture and greenery, and you know, you're hitting factories and all this kind of stuff in the middle of nowhere. But the interesting part about Priska is, okay, you've got you've got the 1938 Great Trek Memorial, you've got one of the other two little interesting spots in 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 the center of town. But the thing that stands out in Priska is just to the side or just to the eastern side of Priska, you've got a little copy nature reserve. And on top of this thing is an old Anglo-Boer War blockhouse. Oh, another one. 
another one, and it's it's easily <laughs> accessible. There's a little dirt road that goes up into um, this little nature reserve. But the interesting part about this one is it's a kind of unique design. It's it's built in the in a in a hexagon shape, so it's got got six sides to it. But Ooh, it's built it's... from it's built from local stone, and it's built entirely out of um, tiger's eye stones. The semi-precious oh. tiger's eyes. Tiger's oh, eyes are found there lying around just, just on the surface. And this entire glass is built out of out of um tiger's eye. Sure. I think we did touch on this one in the past, I think. Yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that we that we that we've spoken about this one. And it's a, and it's a, and it's an interesting blockhouse. Because the the bottom the bottom of the blockhouse is ever so slightly bigger, you know. So so you know, it's it, it like it's it's like it's got a like a larger footprint. You know, when you put like an elephant puts its foot down, the base will expand. So it's got like this expanded base, and then oh, the, like the, upside down cone. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's a, it's a hexagon, and again, one of the, one of the weird thing is we're not we're not sure if. Um, this was a double story blockhouse or not. The, the loopholes seem to be kind of a little bit high up on it, et cetera, et cetera. But it's a, it's a stunning little spot to go and have a look at. You get a lovely view out over the town. You can see the whole river. You get an old view out over, over the agricultural areas and stuff. So it's a really, really cool little spot to stop if and when you do get into the town of Priska. And other than that, Priska obviously is a, is a local headquarters of of agriculture and stuff. You know, there's there's obviously a lot of a lot of agriculture along that Orange River. But then then we start bending down again. We go even even further down to the south, and we get into Britstown. Now these are all very dusty little towns. One horse towns. <laughs> they are seriously little one horse towns. The N10. Intersects with the N12. We won't forget about the N12. And um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on the N10, you got a bit of a zigzag. And if you follow the N10, you actually miss you actually miss miss Britstown. Britstown doesn't have a lot going for it. The only spot we really found there is a very very old church, and um, the old Holy Trinity Church in Britstown. It used to be the museum, and Again, a bit of a tragic story. That entire museum collection has disappeared. Oh no! Yeah, it just got it got looted, and um, yeah. When was that? Yeah, I don't know. They just it just it's just an empty shell now. And Brits Britstown does have a little bit of interesting history. It was actually named after David Livingstone's Dutch speaking guide, a guy by the name of Hans Brits. So. Again, it's a really dusty little town with not a heck of a lot going. So why, why is it there if it's such a one-horse town? How did it, it's 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 situated in the middle of a whole lot of salt pans, and oh. and and the the roads just seem to join. Converge. Yeah, they just sort of seem to converge there. So, and you know, when you look at if you look at those kind of areas, and if you go back into history. You know, a lot of those towns were sort of, you had to sort of skirt in between salt pans and in between water and 
you know, you could you couldn't drive over those salt pans with a hot with a, with a heavy loaded wagon because it'd sink through the crust. Yeah. Because so uh, my my best guess would be that this was just where a whole lot of those tracks managed to come together. And uh, again, you know, you're looking at serious flat flat nothing country, and then you ne- your next town is the R. Oh yeah. And the R was always known as the major railway junction. The R was one of the biggest marshalling yards in the southern hemisphere for a for a time for a for a period. The R was also the biggest um ammo dump for the South African Defence Force at the time of the border war. And that was done because of the railways. Because it was okay. just it was just where all the railways just happened to meet, and I mean, there's yeah, and uh, there's one or two little spots in the R, and Olive Schreiner played a quite a big role in there because um, she actually lived in the R. Now, I don't know if you remember Olive Schreiner. I'm sure we've spoken about Olive Schreiner before. Yes. I mean, she she lived 1855 to 1920 and well-known as a South African author. She wrote uh, the book called Story of an African Farm. And she wrote that when she was living in Mikey's Fontaine. We met, we met Olive Schreiner in Mikey's Fontaine. Yes, and, uh, there's the Olive Schreiner house in Mikey's Fontaine when we did that episode of Mikey's Fontaine, <laughs> and um, they they lived. Uh, Olive Schreiner and her husband lived in the R for 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 a couple of years, but she was very much anti-war, and she was very very vociferous and very very noisy at the time of the Second Anglo-Boer War, and this kind of alienated her. From a lot of the other English English speakers, and strange enough, I think it caused a lot of family drama with them as well, because her brother was a guy named William Philip Schreiner, who was actually a former Prime Minister of the Cape Colony. Oh yes, the Cape Colony from eighteen ninety eight to nineteen hundred. So that's exactly um, when the Anglo yes. was happening. So yeah, you've got Prime Minister of the Cape Colony who's fighting on the side of the of the English sister. Mm-hmm. Anti anti war brother prime minister of Cape Colony who's pro war etc. So um, I can only imagine a bit of family drama trying yeah. a family at, at that time. And then also just at the, I mean my I don't have a lot of memories of the R. I haven't been through there that often. I just remember it as kind of a dusty railway town, you know, obviously centered on that on that railway. I mean, even if you go onto Google Earth, you can just see there's just railway tracks all over the place and massive marshalling yards and things in yeah. the R. And there's a... Um, so it's more like a supply town, basically. It's a supply town. And I mean, where where it comes from is the town of the R was founded in 1903 on on on, on, on the farm, the R. And the R means the artery. Yeah. Uh, and it, and it's a reference to the underground water supply in Da'ar. And where it comes from and where that railway story comes from is obviously we're talking late 1800s and steam locomotives needed water. 
So this Da'ar is nice and central. There's a nice underground water supply. And that is why the railways decided to use it as a main marshalling yard and resupply for the steam locomotives. And, um, you know, so, yeah, what do, what, do, what do I say here? You know, railways of the Cape Colony decided to place a junction on this farm and ready in 1881. The town started 1899 when two merchants bought the farm and laid out the little town just after the Anglo-Boer War. And, uh, that's where the town comes from. So just based on railways and just on commerce and dusty steam locomotives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can imagine, I mean, coal, coal burning steam and just railways and all the rest of it coming through there. And then again, you're still on really, really flat country, but then you start heading, you're sort of coming out of that Kalahari flat salt pan type of um, countryside. And the next town that you get to is a little spot called Hanover. And we've met Hanover before because Hanover is one of those spots on the N1. So Hanover is where the N10 actually crosses the N1. And Hanover is, again, not really known for much except two very, very nice little churches. It's got a huge huge Dutch Reformed church that already dates back to the early 1850s, 1856 um, is when the church was founded. But what makes it interesting is the first minister of the church in um, Hanover was a guy by the name of Thomas Francois Burgers. And yeah. that thing you might remember because he became president of the Transvaal. He was president That's of the South African Republic just before Paul Kruger. And uh, one of the trees he planted is actually still still, still, still growing there. And the other church is a tiny little church in one of the backyards that I found there, a tiny little thing called the St. Anne's Anglican Church. And I think that sort of shows that the, the, the ratio of Afrikaans speakers to English speakers, massive Dutch Reformed church on the hill, and a tiny little <laughs> Anglican church in town that probably seats like 12 or 20 people. <laughs> Again, <laughs> built, in, built in 1895. And it's worth yeah. climbing into Hanover. My son actually spent a night once in Hanover and he loved the little town. Found a little bit oh, of okay. there and said he gets up in the morning and you're having your coffee and you rust on the veranda. The sun comes up and the goats are walking down the street and there's no traffic. And he said it was, so it was absolutely beautiful to stay over. I've never stayed in Hanover. It's a, I mean, you'd blink and you're through the town. As you're yeah. driving, as serious as I mean, it's a very, very tiny little town if you're driving down the N1 on the way to get down to Cape Town. But I think that might be a good spot to stop this one. We've just hit the main intersection, N10, N1. And okay. uh, I think we carry on N10 with episode two a little bit later or tomorrow or the next day, whenever. Yes. Sounds good. Cool. <clears throat> okay, Minia. Okay. Next one, N10, next episode. So we've done, we've done half the end. We've done half the, half of the forgotten highway, the N10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lekker, man. I'll catch up with you again, Devout. Awesome. Okay, man. Yay. Cheers. Bye.